You are listening to episode 77 of the Master Your Mind, Business, and Life podcast. Today is Christmas, so I want to keep this episode short and sweet. I've decided to not include the typical intro music, as I do with all of my other podcasts, as it just didn't feel like the right vibe for today. So if you're tuning in for the first time, welcome to an untraditional form of the podcast. And if you are regular, welcome back. And as always, thanks for tuning in. It's not often that we're able to get a glimpse into what Christmas was like, quote unquote, back in the day. But thanks to my mom's second cousin, Nathan, I was able to be taken back to what Christmas was like for my great-great-grandmother as a child. So in 1896, 1896, holy crap, my great-great-grandmother, Eula Faulkner, was born. She married Benjamin Coston, and together they had six children. My maternal great-grandmother, Mayola, who I spent a good amount of time with as a child, was one of those six children. Now, in 1984, Eula died at the age of 88. I was born four years later, so I did not have the pleasure of meeting what sounds like a remarkable woman. But luckily, Nathan shared a letter that Eula wrote to her grandchildren on Christmas in 1968. So reading this, I was taking back to what seemed to be a simpler time. It's my hopes that by sharing this with you today, you're able to imagine not only what life was like back then, but how to be more aware of your present life and just how blessed you are. The letter reads, Dear Grandchildren, Would you like for your great-grandmother to relate to you some of the events in her childhood days, including Christmas? Since I've never had the chance to tell you stories when you were young, I thought I would take time to write to you. It would be more interesting to tell you personally, but since I can't, I will write. Times have changed so in my lifetime that they may seem almost unbelievable to you. I wish you could have experienced some of the Christmases I remember best. Thus, when I was around six or seven years old, I remember in particular, it was almost dusk, and I was helping my daddy carry in the firewood for a long winter evening. We hadn't a fireplace, but had a stove called the King Heater, and also a kitchen stove was a wood-burning stove. So we carry in several armloads of wood in and deposit it into the big wood box behind the kitchen stove. It was snowing, huge flakes, and how I enjoyed being out in the snow. I wasn't too fond of carrying wood in the clear, cold weather. Ha! Mama would play the organ, and she and Papa would sing hymns after supper. Then he would read from the Bible after they had played dominoes with me. Soon I would crawl into bed and dream of Santa. But before I would go, I would hang my long black stocking on the back of a stool chair. The chairs had posts about three inches high protruding in the back. It would be quite a task to induce sleep, but easily to awake in the morning. And how long it would seem before Papa got the fire going to warm the room before we were allowed to get up. Then, when time came to inspect what Santa left, I would be overjoyed to find the simple, mostly homemade gifts in my stocking. If I get a new doll, I would always be dressed in new clothes made by my dear old aunt. Also, a red wool knitted mittens, homemade too, a yard of, three or four inches wide, blue ribbon for my long braided hair, maybe a jump rope, or a new box of dominoes. There would be peppermint and horsehound sticks of candy and a few chocolate drops and coconut bonbons, maybe two or three oranges and a shiny red wine sap apples, 
also a few peanuts. The apples were some of those that were holed up. That means that they were buried into the ground to keep from freezing and they were opened in the pit just before Christmas. We never had bananas in those days because there was no way of bringing them to the little town without freezing them in transport. I had never even seen any dried cereal until I was nine years old. It was in a small box and inside was always a premium. For instance, a whistle, a big glass marble, etc. It was called a vigor. After viewing our precious loot, we would reluctantly leave it for a few moments of time to force down our breakfast, which mostly always consisted of plum or pear preserves with real cow butter, hot biscuits, which always appeared on the table three times a day, brown sugar syrup, meat, and gravy. Sometimes in the summer, mama made light bread, but never in the winter. We would have two weeks vacation at Christmas time. Oh yes, I had to walk one and a quarter miles to school and back each day over a sandy road. There were six or seven boys, which would wrestle, sometimes fight, and bang each other with the empty dinner pails on their way home. Everyone carried their lunch in tin dinner pails. We always had Christmas program at the school with all the parents attending. No Christmas tree, but a wooden box about two feet deep by four or five feet long with three feet wide, which would hold the Christmas gifts. Each child drew a name and gave some kind of gift, from candy to homegrown peanuts, apples, and some children in the upper class gave hankies, marbles, and homemade whistles and such. Quite different from the expensive gifts of today. We would decorate the schoolroom with festoons of chains made of paper, cutting the strips of paper about two inches wide or four or five inches long and pasting them together like the links of chain. The teacher always had a small sack of candy with an apple or two in it for each pupil. There were two rooms in the school I attended called the little and big room. They're about 40 by 40 feet and the pupils sat in each, two, sometimes three to one seat. There were about 35 to 50 in each room. Reasons for calling them the little and big room? Well, four grades were taught in each room. The little room was first to fourth grade, and the big room was for fifth to eighth. All of the subjects taught in one room were reading, writing, arithmetic, spelling, history, geography, and English. That was all. All the children were disciplined with a hickory stick about three and a half to four feet long. I have witnessed quite a few having it applied to. Sometimes for less punishment, we would have to stand in front of the blackboard with our noses inside a ring drawn on the blackboard. And if you stand in that position for very long, it gets tiresome too. I was treated to this one time for whispering. Oh, and I must tell you this. In the spring and early fall, most of the children went barefoot. And since it was very sandy where I lived, there were sand burrs along the road. We called them jingle burrs. And then the boys would get rough. Sometimes they would throw one another's hats or caps way out into the patch of burrs. And then... And what a time they would have picking up their burrs to reclaim their hats or caps. The burrs were little round balls about the size of a navy bean with spines sticking out all the way around. And they were sharp as needles. There were no girls going on this road except for my sister and me. My sister was four years younger than I, so I traveled the road half of my school years with several boys. Two were close neighbors, and they had a pair of billy goats, which they hitched to a little wagon and would haul watermelons from the field to the house. I played with them a lot. 
And in the winter days, we would sled ride coast downhill and the goats would pull the sled up the hill. (laughs) What fun. Well, I'm getting tired, so I will close. I hope I haven't bored you too much, but I wanted to give you an idea of the way your great-grandmother grew up. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you. Hope you enjoy the acquaintances of your new schoolmates. Love, Grandma. XXX, excuse misspelled words and poor writing. (laughs) I loved reading this and I, you know, I did have to stumble a little bit because she was right. There was a little poor writing, but what do you expect? I mean, take someone back who was born in the 1800s. Like I just can't even imagine. And I'm sure that's how it feels to my daughter, Skylar, every time she tells me way back in the 1900s, as if being born in 1988 was really that long ago. But how remarkable that Eula even thought to take the time to write this. I'm just honored to be able to share a glimpse of the past and my family's memories with you today on Christmas. Next week, I am back with a regular episode of Master Your Mind, Business, and Life with a special guest who you may remember, Felicia Bender. She is giving us a numerology forecast for the year. I am really excited. But don't forget to tune in on Friday for an episode of Fuel Your Life Friday. I am wishing you and yours a Merry Christmas. And as always, remember, every level of life is an opportunity to grow. Be well, my friend.